there. Welcome to Leadership Portraits. My name is Jennifer Wright. I'm your host. I'm here with Dory O'Neill. Dory is going to be joining us today and talking about leadership, of course, um, but she has some really interesting perspectives. She has done a lot of things from a career perspective, but she is also in the process of becoming an entrepreneur and building her business. So we're going to talk a little bit about her leadership experience from her career perspective, but then also leadership from the perspective of um, how does that work when you're kind of going out on your own and you're you're building a new business? So um, welcome, Dory. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate so, it. So tell us a little bit about you um, and who you are, what you what you enjoy. Okay. Um, well, I'm Dory O'Neill. I am actually a native of Georgia, which I think is, I'm a real Georgia peach. Yep, it's true. Yes. And um, I started out, I'll tell you a little bit about my career. I started out after college. I had an undergrad in psychology. I was an art major who turned into an undergrad in psychology and graduated college and went, I don't know what I'm going to do with this degree. Um, I knew that I didn't want to go into human resources, but I wasn't really sure right. what my next step was going to be. And so I, my mother was like, you've got to get a job. I went to, uh, it was a company called Kelly Services at the time. I think oh, now they're called Kelly yeah, now. I remember I was the Kelly girl. You were a Kelly girl too. And, and so they were like, let's go. Why don't you start at this cellular company cellular wireless company and they need somebody to just come in for the day mm -hmm. and make copies so I went in to make copies for one day the CFO needed an admin and long story short I was hired and that's how I got my break into the corporate world was by being a temp for one day making copies you know what I can completely relate to that that sounds very similar to my story uh, so, you know, I started out as a temp and, you know, it just kind of, the ball rolled from there. I tell a lot of people, especially young people that are graduating college, look, don't necessarily maybe look at this as trying to go out and find something mm -hmm. full-time right away. Go the contractor route, go the temp route, um, so that you can experience for each other, you know, do I like this company? does this company like me? And it can become more of a win-win. I was so blessed that the CFO of the company was one of those people that just was really big into mentorship and being yeah. a mentor. Even awesome. He even said to me, I don't want to see you sitting in this chair in two years. So you're in the perfect position to be able to look and see what you want to do within the corporate world. Being a CFO's admin, I got to see marketing, finance, accounting, um, <laughs> and all of those different areas. And I, I later went to him. It was when the internet was coming big. And I know I'm aging myself by saying that but the internet was becoming big. And I said, I, I want to get into the, the web. I want to get into the internet and the intranet and he was fully supportive and, and that's how I got it. That's how I got into IT and corporate. Yeah. Let's talk just a little bit about mentorship. Yep. Mentorship to me, I, that's one of the things I always recommend young people 
find a mentor, be a mentor, you know, as you, as you come up in your career, um, it, mentorship is so important, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us a little bit about your experiences with, with mentorship. Do you have, um, and you talked about the one, um, the one manager you had, mm-hmm. um, how have mentors really kind of influenced you and helped you throughout your career? I've had a handful mm-hmm. of who I would consider to be mentors. It's kind of funny because you have a lot of programs in a corporate America where they assign you a buddy or mm-hmm. here's your mentor. But I think sometimes what is it that, that the teacher finds you and you, you, yeah. you sort of, there's just something that you, they're coming together where you're, you're learning from someone. And I, I had a couple of really great mentors in my, my, that just, took me under their wing. And I yeah. think that that's a big, it wasn't a telling me what to do. It was, yeah. let me show you, let, let me show you how I do what I do. Let me give you a little bit of that responsibility, but I'm going to be here to, to guide you along and not necessarily tell you what to do. Right. So you're going to be able to, you know, succeed on your own, but also I'm here if you, if you hit any bumps along the road. And I think that for me, that was the key part of having a really good mentor was someone that was just saw the vision for me sometimes when I couldn't even see it myself mm-hmm. and just said, We're, let's, let's go down this road and let's try it this way. And that's not working. So let's, let's move it this way. And it really was there to, to just support. It's about support. Yeah. Mentors to me. And Sometimes you have mentors that you don't necessarily even consider mentors. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have those mentors that are like, these are my mentors, but then there are those people in your life that just sort of play the role. Mm-hmm. Um, I have several of those and have had, you know, throughout my career, people that I go to for advice and um, who have kind of been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just none of us can do anything. Um, completely on on our own we have to you know kind of seek out those people and I think that's the key to becoming a great leader is knowing when you need help and how to get that help and that support absolutely you know I've got two stepdaughters and they just graduated high school in May of last year and one of them has decided to go her own root mm-hmm. and and find her own way in this world and we're fully supportive of that but in the same token it doesn't have to be that hard yeah and so finding the right yeah. person it doesn't have to be a parent especially you know when it right. comes to college kids high school kids it doesn't have to be a parent it doesn't even have to be an adult figure sometimes it right. could be someone that's a few years older that's just already been down that route that can just you know offer ideas bounce ideas off of you. right it's not a telling somebody what to do right and I think that that's where a lot of people get confused with with having with being a mentor in any realm mm-hmm. is they they think oh I'm your mentor I'm going to tell you what to do what's best for you it's it's a learning experience and a lot of times the the mentor and the mentee relationship flips at some point and you find out that they're learning from you as well and that's when you know it's a really good relationship absolutely absolutely yeah and I think we've all had those Mm -hmm. those situations where 
it, you know, the teacher becomes the student and, and I've even had it myself with people I have mentored, um, you know, it, quite honestly, I've learned as much from my mentees as I have learned from my mentors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's a, a lot that we all can teach each other. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, and it doesn't matter what level of experience you have in certain areas. It, I've had, you know, instances in my life where it's no surprise. I think to me, I'm, I'm in sobriety. And, and one of the things I had to learn in, in those instances was I was in a meeting and my sponsor was like, go talk to that woman. I'm like, but I only have seven days. And she, this woman had a day and she said, well, you have six more days huh? than that person. So we always have something to teach one another. Right. It's just a matter of being able to, you know, get your ego out of the way, go with a, a kind heart and, and go from a position of, of giving, but also being open to receive whatever it is that they have to offer you as well. Right. I totally agree. So as you have kind of come up through your career and even now, um, what, what are some of the things that you have found, some of the skills? that you have found that have been, um, have become very important to you. So like if you were talking to yourself at 25, <laughs> what advice would you give yourself? What skills would you tell yourself that you need to learn? Put the drink down. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I would, I would say, you know, just being open to whatever life's experiences are, are coming, being able to appreciate that different people bring different perspectives to the table, right? Everybody has their own life story, their own way that they view the world and being able to respect that and appreciate that and be open to the fact that it, you may just learn something. Yeah. I, I, there's another saying that we have is just um, take the take the cotton out of your ears and stick it in your mouth um, <laughs> is one of the sayings that we had in AA. It's just listen, listen to the listen to what other people are saying because, and I think that it makes such a huge thing for being a leader, for being a responsible employee, right. for being an entrepreneur. Is being able to, you know, as entrepreneurs, we now have to listen to what is it our people are needing? What do they want? Yeah. And being able to modify who we are sometimes to be able to give them exactly what it is that they need. So that's one of the things that I've, I've just found. And maybe that's the lesson is take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> listen more than you talk. Listen more than you yes. Talk. Yes. I love it. I love it. What have you found to be some of your some of your biggest challenges from a leadership perspective? Or even just life. You know, in a leadership role, I think sometimes um not getting ahead of myself uh, a lot there have been a lot of times as a leader where I wanted to take on you know take it all on and and yes. be and be I'm going to make a change and I'm going to make a difference and and I find that a lot of leaders that that 
come into corporate America, especially, you know, and higher leadership positions as they come in and they want to, they want to make their mark, but they come in and, and, and I say this because dump in there, done that myself. I want to come in. I want to make my mark. Well, I'm not taking into account that change is hard. And especially when it's something people have been doing for a very long time, coming in with a little more kinder approach, a little more sensitive approach and being able to figure out maybe they're not doing everything wrong. Making your mark doesn't mean you have to change everything. Maybe there's some things that are going right and being able to to make those changes with that in, in mind. You know, there've been so many times that just like you say, change is hard. Change is happening at such a pace mm-hmm. right now. But we also have to think about humans. Yes. And we also have to think about, I mean, leadership is really making those connections and making those human connections so that you can relate to people and influence them and get them to do the things that need to be done and it's not always about directing right right it's the we were talking a little bit about this before but before we started recording we were talking about being the difference between a manager right and a leader sometimes your leaders are not managers they're, right. they're the people that quietly influence a group because the way I look at a leader is that it's someone that you admire and not from a perspective of they've got all the money that I want they've got you know maybe that but they've got that that something about them that you're like I aspire right to be like that and you're willing to go because you have like very similar beliefs and their passion is your passion and and you aspire to to be like them and with them and you will follow them anywhere there's a lot of managers out there that people don't want to follow anywhere not even to the bathroom so you know or to the coffee coffee bar there's a big difference and and your leaders can actually be the people that are reporting to you absolutely absolutely the other thing i find interesting is so many times we take someone who is technically good at their job and they've really they've mastered what they do and we think the next reasonable step Mm -hmm. is to put them into a leadership position Mm -hmm. and oftentimes that it may not be a mistake but it may be a mistake at that time and we're not preparing people to become managers or leaders and we're not really giving them the skill sets that they need to be able to now become influencers and be able to get the people in their organization to follow them yeah absolutely i've seen it time and time again you know software is my background Mm -hmm. and especially in the the software world you think about it there's a lot of technical people that know how to technically do what's necessary to be done but what's their next step in their career well history says you've got to be a manager so people are shoving 
square pegs and around holes, making people managers, not preparing them, but also maybe even forcing them into something that they don't really don't want to do, but they have nowhere else to go. I worked at um, a telecom company that actually did something a little bit different. I was very pleased with this. They had two tracks. You had a management track and you had a technical track. And the technical track, you could go up to very, very high levels. A lot of times the pay was way much more on the technical track than it was the manager track. But that's the other thing too. People see salary, they see title, they see all these different things. But they're putting themselves in a miserable position because it's not something they really want to do. Or like you said, they're not getting prepared to be there. So having those two different tracks was really an amazing thing because you had people that were architects and they were born to be architects. They could care less about hosting a meeting, having a performance review, you know, all of those different things. This gave them the opportunity to still rise in the organization, still make really nice money and not have to deal with the overhead of being a manager. You know, I've worked in both kinds of organizations. And for someone who wants to remain an individual contributor, sometimes it can be very frustrating because if you don't have those opportunities without becoming a manager, and there are many organizations that that's how they operate. In order for you to get to the next level in your career, you have to become a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we're doing a disservice to a lot of our really, really good people out there by forcing them into that track if that's not something yeah that they even want yeah yeah so you're you're creating a, a, a situation then thinking about the people that have to work for someone like that you know reporting to someone who was never meant to be a manager who didn't want to be a leader or a manager that there's nothing wrong with that and that's the other thing too is the the whole stigma around manager leadership all of, all of these different titles and things like that be a leader as an individual contributor right i, I really i think that if, if we could change the way that that titles are perceived and and compensation that goes with titles and all of those different things and allow people to be who they want to be. And then if they want to be a manager, give them leadership training. Teach them what it means to be a leader. Being a manager doesn't mean I'm in power. The best managers and leaders I've had, the people underneath were the ones that are in control. You're just there to support them and help them get through any roadblocks that get in their way. So I'm curious. Um, you, You and I have lived kind of there's been a little bit of parallelness in our lives I and mean, when we've both um done the corporate thing we're both now exploring um entrepreneurship how are you finding um the leadership skills and and other skills that you've learned through your career to now apply to what you're doing from a, in building your business and and all of the things that go with that, the networking, the, um, you know, just all of the things that, that you have to do. It, it, it is a very different kind of approach. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, it, it's, it's challenged me in a different way. Yeah. You know, I in the corporate world, in the software world, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. 
and it's easy to kind of take that for granted, I guess, as you start working through your career and you're like, okay, now, now I know what I'm doing. Now I know this, but being able to still now use those skills that you use to be able to drum up new business. Yeah. And I, I, you nailed it. It's, it's networking. It's social media. It's meeting new people. It's mm-hmm. it's pulling this introvert and just saying, "Hey, sister, you're gonna have to take a back seat for tonight. We're gonna be an extrovert tonight, and we're gonna go out. And we're gonna meet people." But it's also being able to not be afraid to stand up and talk about the things that you're passionate about. Right? Me as a coach, I. I had to become very comfortable with what I coach and being able to talk about it with the same level of confidence because people, you, you have to still show up as a leader in whatever industry that you choose to go in and coaching, seen as someone that knows, I know, I, I know what I'm doing. Trust me. That's another thing too, right? With leadership is trust and people want, are not going to hire a coach they don't trust. So being able to instill confidence, trust, and all of those different things. I had to find it inside myself first before I could start projecting it out there. So it was a new learning experience, taking 25 years of being in the software industry and now being a coach and, and finding out what that means and being able to then stand up there. Okay, yeah, this, this is now who I am. I'm good. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about what what you're doing. You say you're a coach. Um, what do you coach? How do you help people? So I um, I help professionals that are having issues managing stress and anxiety. Coming, I know no one who, no one, no one, no one who has. In fact, it actually, I wrote a post the other day. It makes me mad how many people accept that as normal. I have, I, what I hear when I'm talking to people is I, I'm like, on a scale of one to 10, what, what's your stress and anxiety level on a normal day at eight? A six, a seven. I'm sorry, that's not. I'm like, that shouldn't be okay for anybody. Right? It's not okay. Your health takes a hit. Your relationships take a hit. Your mind is constantly wandering into other fears and unknowns and things like that. You're missing out on the present moment. Yeah. That's the key. So really and truly, if you think, of, think about it, what I help people to do is I teach them to train their mind to be able to focus, get rid of the str- stress, anxiety, the chaos become more focused, more centered, more in the present moment where they can actually start to enjoy their life. I I have such a visceral reaction <laughs> to that. I, I love this saying, I violently agree with you <laughs> on everything you just said. Um, it's, and I don't know if it's a product of the time we're living in, um or what it is but the fact that so many of us are are walking around at such a high level yes of anxiety yes and it's in our conversations it's in i mean the number of conversations i have in a day where someone's just talking about their anxiety the number of times i bring it up about myself yes you'll even say to yourself i'm so stressed out yeah but think about all of the different things. Times have changed. You know, I'm not discounting the way it was when we were younger um, or when our parents were in our, you know, our age group and that sort of thing. Times have changed. 
think about like when it used to be when you could travel on a plane and the door shut and you were able to read a good book and you were not checking your phone, right? checking your email, on your laptop, working on a presentation. It's changed. We don't have the amount of breaks that we used to have. That's true. So we have to find ways then to have those breaks throughout the day to be able to stop our mind from going off to worst case scenario and pull it back in. <clears throat> Stopping on like social media and 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 saying, I today I'm not gonna do this. At one point I had what I called um technology unplugged Sundays. And I texted oh. my friends and said, Hey, you're not going to hear from me tomorrow. I'm not going to pick up my phone at all. I'm not picking up my laptop. I'm not picking up maybe a watch TV. But being able to just say enough is enough. We have enough over, we call it overload in the therapy industry, enough overload coming at us. We have to learn to control that ourselves because nobody's going to do it for us. Well, that's true. No. That's true. So I want to ask you a question that I've already asked you, but with a little different, okay, a little different spin. If you were talking to 25-year-old you, what would you tell yourself? Or what would you tell another 25-year-old to how do you keep yourself while you're young? And you're still learning from getting to the point where anxiety is running your life, from getting to the point that the stress becomes, I mean, how, how can we start to change this dynamic, starting with the younger people and getting them, you know, to grow up so that they're not having to experience what we're experiencing? I think it's, first off, it's finding things that you enjoy doing. And being able to make sure that you are incorporating that in everyday life. Mm -hmm. Music is my thing. I am a huge, huge music person. Music can like send me like through the rafters. It's just so empowering. From It's just powerful. But finding something that you enjoy, putting it in everyday life, finding different practices. And I know it's so hard to if I'm thinking about 25 year old Dory, she was a hot mess. But if I were to say to her, find some time to find quiet, mm. find some time to do some self care. What does self care mean for a 25 year old? I don't even know. <laughs> but finding things to do. And, and another thing for me that is do things from where your tank is full and not empty and that is one of the key things is i think we go so much we don't fill our own tanks up and then we're giving from an empty cup so find things that that restore you even if it's hey i'm i may have to miss out on this party this weekend but i need to go in and find a way to restore and just being able to feel it in your body and being able to acknowledge that and then being able to do something about it well, and you know, you may you may say, okay, well, what does this have to do with the leadership? It has everything to do with leadership because you can't be a great leader if you're empty yourself. Yes. You can't support other people. Right. If you're operating off of 
an anxiety level that's like through the roof. Absolutely. So it's so important that we, and you know, it, there's a principle in the military um, and in, in business, like leaders eat first mm -hmm. and, you know, you can interpret that any way you want to, but yeah. it's, but it's basically you fill yourself up first. Yes. When the mass drops down on the airplane, that's it. You put it on yourself first because if you lose oxygen, you can't. You can't help anybody help else. Anyone else? You can. And you know, I remember a time when I was a, a younger manager, and I had a team of, oh my gosh, sixty nine people that reported to me, mm -hmm. um, and I was stressed. I was stressed <laughs> out. We had had a lot of. It was a lot of hours. I was working. 80 hours a week um i was getting pulled with constant demands from upper management on doing something different doing this while trying to motivate a team and i will tell you one of the most impactful moments to me was we had a group that came in and did an evaluation the, the 360 um view of how you are as a manager and all of that stuff. and the common thing that came back to me was is too busy Oh, Dory is too busy. Dory is too stressed. I don't want to go to Dory. It's a manager. It's very, it broke my heart. I can imagine. It really broke my heart because I felt the tug, the pull. I mm -hmm. want to be there for them 100%, but I can't because I've got all this other right. stuff. Something had to give. And hearing that was sort of my my aha moment of, okay. Put it down. Put down whatever I'm working on right now. Just go around and say hello to everybody. And say and really just and it helped me. So me just going around and hey, how are you doing? Helped me to take a break. Right. And to, and to be able to see, you know, people's kids and you know, bringing in, you know, different treats and things like that and and just becoming more human, right? To, to the people that were reporting to me, I think it makes such a huge difference. Oh my gosh, that is such, because it, it really is truly all about relationships. It all, everything is. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So when you think through your career, do you, can you, is there anything you can point to where you can say that really is like one of my proudest moments as a leader? Mm -hmm. And there may not be one thing. I, there, there are quite a few, but I will, I will say this. It, it, there was a point um, with a company that I was working for, we had a lot of contractors and I, of that 69, I was talking about probably about 50 of them were contractors. Oh, wow. Then corporate came through and said, we're changing the way, how long you can have a contractor on board. And that number changed all the time. Um, so we had people that were with us three to five years. And I find out on a Thursday, they have to go on Friday. Wow. And be gone for six months before they could come back so i had to have this conversation with of that 50 let's just say 40 of them wow well i'll try to backfill and get and make sure nothing there was no speed bumps along the way but having that conversation with those those individual contractors 
one of my proudest moments when they said, how long do we have to be gone? I said, six months. We'll wait. Oh, we'll wait. Dory, contact us in five months into our contract, us being gone. Let us know what the landscape looks like. And if you can see, it's going to be wide open for me to start in six months. I'm in. Wow. One of my proudest moments. And I was able to bring a majority of them back. And so that was a really, really just amazing experience to know that they were willing to 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 do that to come back because they enjoy the environment right that we created yeah. wasn't all me that we created together and they didn't want to let it go no. it was, it was amazing special it was amazing it was pretty awesome. pretty special yeah so that's awesome um what a great story to wrap up on i i love that um so i appreciate you being here today this you have shared such fantastic insights and i'm excited to share this with the audience um before we before we go though i do have one last question for you um what's next for you what's next well continuing to work on my my coaching okay and building my coaching business that's become such a passion of mine it's one of those things now that if someone said to me you can't do this anymore I really think that I would struggle um it is it's it's really really important to me and you know just continuing to to journey down that path as I continue to work on myself I'm always I'm always a work in progress and and just never giving up and so for me, I don't know what, what else that holds, maybe another book, um, you know, speaking, all of those types of things. But yeah, it's, I look forward to it. I try not to predict too much of what it's going to be like because I enjoy the adventure and the journey along the way. And sometimes when I have my goals set to set in stone, I lose the, the view from the ride. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's it. a couple of things that do want to bring up um number one you are a published author yes so tell us the name of your book and where um they can find it if they if they want to read more about you yeah it's called seriously how i went from a hot mess to a daring badass and it is about my journey through sobriety of getting sober and the lessons that i learned in in finding my sobriety that is awesome. I have read the book. It is very, very good. Thank so you. I highly recommend it. You can find it on Amazon. On Amazon. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And we can we can drop the we can drop the link into awesome. into the show notes for the podcast. That's so so we'll do that. Um the other thing is, and you you touched on it, you're also a speaker. Yes. So if anyone out there is looking for um, someone to come in and talk about stress and anxiety or mindset, um, mindset, yeah. any, anything else, I mean, Dory is available for that. So thank you so much. Um, and how, how can they find you? You can find me at www.therealdoryo.com. Okay. Um, I'm also on social media, The Real Dory O. And The Real Dory O is because of my journey and finding myself and yeah. that's why you chose the name of the company and and that's really ultimately what I think we're all looking for I love it I love it so we'll drop those links in as well so 
Um, so reach out to Dory if you are looking for help with um, any of those those things that we talked about. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great conversation. Yes, I appreciate I have. it. Thank you. Um, and so, and thank you to the audience for listening. And until next time, this has been the podcast for Leadership Portraits. Thank you. Thank you.